0: Hi, Sally. Hey, Tyler. How's it going? It's going very well. How are you?
1: I'm so excited to record this podcast today. Oh, boy. Are you sweating because you're so excited? I am. I'm already sweating.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am, too. And not just because I'm recording in a tiny closet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, boy.
0: All right. What's the best thing that's happened to you this week, my girl? Oh, boy. Oh, I'm not prepared. I know. I never am either, even though I always know it's coming. Oh
1: God. Okay. Well, the best thing that happened to me so far this week, it's only Monday. So, um, I don't have much to, <laughs> uh, I don't have much to go off. Oh, I know. I know. So I was telling my boyfriend yesterday, I was like, Oh, I'm going to buy the microphone that Sally has to do our podcast recording. Mm -hmm. And so I can be all official and we can have really good audio quality uh, because we really care about that. And he was like, oh, you didn't already buy it? And I was like, no. And he he was like, well, I was going to buy it for you, but I thought that you had already bought it. But I would like to buy it for you. And then I just thought that that was so nice. I
0: love that. I know. I almost cried. I love how how connected he is to our the success of our podcast.
1: I know. He, when he was helping us do the sound check the other day, I think he was like feeling bad for how frustrated I was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, the things that go into a podcast. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, Sally, what's the
1: best thing that happened to you this week?
0: Um, Let's see. I What have I done so far? I made myself coffee this morning, and I haven't done that in a while. So for People, I was going to say, for people who don't know, nobody knows this. Um. (laughs)
1: For everyone out there listening.
0: Um, So two of the ways that I feel connected to spirit each morning is making the bed and making myself coffee. And I have found over the last several weeks that I've then only either opted to do one or the other, but it's been a long time since I've done both. And this morning I made it a point to do both and it felt really, really good. And then I felt like I was already starting the day a winner because... I was, I did both of the things, which, you know, mental note for me to do all the time.
1: Yeah. And if I had to choose between making the bed or making coffee, I think my bed would never get made.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think that making the bed for me, you know, I mean, I just really love making the bed which is hilarious because I had never made my bed growing up. I thought it was awful because my mother would make us do it.
1: You know, I'm the same because I recently have like, it's become very important to me to make my bed. And I also never made my bed growing up. So maybe that's Mm -hmm. just like one of those adult things.
0: Yeah. And then eventually you just allow yourself to realize that you really love it. It's true. That's, that's, that's how that goes. right. (laughs) That's life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, So that's what we've been doing this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's only Monday, y'all. <laughs> oh boy. But so now we're gonna flash back to a year to go, a year ago today. Tyler, tell us about our guest. We've got a guest today, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, I'm so excited about our guest today. Her name is Meredith McElroy, and she and I know each other because we are in a mastermind together called Angels of Intuition. And in this group, uh we've all formed some really close bonds and these women have really been encouraging me and supporting me as I step into the things I want to create in the world like this podcast. Um and so I'm so excited that Meredith is going to be on to talk to us today. Let's bring her in. Hi Meredith.
2: Good. Hello, Tyla. Hey Sally. Hello. I'm so y'all are so funny. I've been giggling through y'all's entire little
1: conversation. (laughs) I'm not good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. I love it. (sighs) So Meredith, I didn't say what happened a year ago today in life, because I figured I would let you tell our listeners what happened a year ago today.
2: That sounds like a plan. So a year ago today, exactly. I graduated from pharmacy school. So I went through four years of very intense education, and yeah, exactly a year ago today I graduated, and it was just the most interesting day, let me tell you. Man, oh
1: man. (laughs) Tell us. (laughs) Yeah, tell us all about the interesting nature of the day. So
2: I feel like I have to rewind just a little bit so that you get why it's interesting to me. It may not be interesting at all, in which case this is going to be quite the podcast for y'all. Maybe not
1: so <laughs> I successful. I bet it's going to be great. <laughs> but actually, before you rewind, okay, um, before we get into the story, I would love for you to take a moment and really go back to a year ago today and feel into how you were feeling and tell us in one word how you were feeling before you even share with us the story
2: ashamed
1: Mm. Ashamed. wow that's a big word
2: yeah Yeah. really big word especially for a day that should have been so great you know like such a celebration and i was feeling so ashamed
1: yeah i'm already gonna cry and we're like two minutes in
2: (laughs) there will inevitably be tears no, oh we've not. cried on every podcast I think. Oh yeah. Or right,
1: I have.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm very teary these days, so I'll probably be crying as well.
1: Yeah. Well anyway. go ahead now and tell us take us back to a year ago today and tell us a little bit why you were feeling the way you were feeling. So about two years into pharmacy school,
2: pharmacy school is actually four years long and mm. So two years in, um, I had gotten pretty tapped into my intuition for the first time in my life. And... As you know, once you kind of tap into that intuition, sometimes it can just rock your world. I don't know if y'all had those experiences on this first. Oh yeah, boy, this still, I'm still getting my world rocked. I don't know. Um, yeah, just over yeah, and over and over. It's, exactly. It's just a it's just a repetitive process. You know, you get to the next level and your world <laughs> is rocked again. But yeah. that first, yeah, that first time that. I tapped into my intuition. My world was just totally rocked because I realized that I did not want to practice pharmacy. It was a profession mm-hmm. that I highly respected. I had so many you know, friends and colleagues and teachers that were just incredible people doing incredible work, but I knew deep inside that it wasn't my path. And that was so hard for me. Um, to realize, you know, I mean, that was just, well, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to quit? Am I supposed to just keep plugging on? Um, you know, it was just a, it, my world was rocked.
1: Like I've yeah, and you were halfway through school at that point, right?
2: Yeah. Halfway through. Yeah. So it was mm-hmm. still another two years, which is a long time, but, um, it, it seems, it seems, it seemed like a very difficult thing to do, to just quit, you know, to just drop out and not actually follow through. So it was just Mm -hmm. a difficult, um, time, but eventually as I did more processing, as I did more growing, I realized that I really did want to quit. And I actually resolved, like, I'm going to quit. This is going to be a decision that I make. And then I didn't, I just didn't. My ego got in the way. Um, my fear got in the way. I was so scared of what I would do if I didn't, you know, follow through, uh, there was just, there was just too much fear around it. Like I resolved to quit and then I just didn't, I didn't have the courage. Mm. Did you talk to
1: anybody about it?
2: Well, so I didn't have a coach or anything like that. And I think that that was, now that I do have a coach, I think that that would have been, oh my gosh, just the best thing. But at that point I did not have a coach. I did talk to my parents about it and my parents of course want what's best for me. And for them, what's best for me or what was best for me was to follow through, you know, to have this as an option. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. hurt to have the degree. Like I can always do something else after school. Um and so yeah, it was you know, the people that mean the most to me are my parents probably, and I cherish their opinion so much. And it was just so early in on my journey, I just didn't have the resolve to actually make a decision that big on my own. And so, yeah, I just didn't do it. And I don't know if in y'all's world of like self-help and personal development, I don't know if it's the same way for y'all, but there's a huge emphasis on, you know, quitting your job and jumping and allowing whatever to catch you <laughs> and, you know, taking the risk and going take all the in and, yeah, mm-hmm. take the lead. Exactly. And so there was this huge emphasis on that. And um, I think that that's where that shame really stemmed from is that I was reading and listening and just absorbing all of this information that was all about doing something exactly in the exact opposite way of what I was doing, you know, like I wasn't Mm -hmm. taking the risk, you know? And so there was just this huge shame around that on the final day. Cause it was like, you know, I got there and it was this pinnacle of celebration for everybody around me. My family was so proud. Um, And I was so proud for all of my friends, you know, and all of, you know, everybody that was going through that. But for me, just on the inside, it just felt like this huge symbol of my lack of courage.
1: Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you, did you put on a face? Were you? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if anybody knew that this is how you were feeling.
2: No. Well, not that I know of. I really put on a face. I really just put on a face and I just celebrated with everybody else. And I was, I tried to, I tried to feel the excitement from everybody. I tried to feel that. Um, But I don't think I actually did. I actually feel more excited today thinking back on it. You know, like that was an awesome, awesome day. And so many people sacrificed so much, so much time and energy and, you know, many of my um, friends had families, you know, and so they, they sacrificed time with their families and it was just an awesome day. And I can feel that excitement now, but then it was totally just a face. It was just putting on a show and joining in.
0: Well, and how did you feel about them being there for this, to celebrate this thing that you were not excited about? Like, did you have thoughts about that at all? Cause now you can look, you know, you're saying that now you look back and you're, happy about that, but were you feeling like guilty at all about it at the time or totally not thinking about it? Okay. Yeah.
2: That's a good question. I had my family drive in 14 hours and this includes Mm -hmm. my little sister who's in high school. And so, you know, in high school that an entire weekend is a big deal and 14 hours (laughs) in the car is an even bigger deal. So yeah, they drove in and, um, yeah, I felt such guilt around that because mm. it seemed like the only way that they should, you know, sacrifice, you know, their time and energy and should be for something that I am excited about. And yeah, so there was there was huge guilt around that. Yeah.
0: Hmm. How are you feeling even the night before? I keep feeling like asking you, like, what was going through your head the night before when you're like, oh, my God, tomorrow's the day.
2: Probably more confused than anything else, hmm. because there was this mixture. Like until the actual ceremony, I don't think that I really tapped into like what that emotion was. You know, I was just going through mm-hmm. it without much awareness. And so the night before, it was probably just a totally unconscious like going through the motions. You know, going to dinner, yeah. going th- going to the ceremony, going to um like there was a hooding ceremony or whatever before and yeah so it was kind of just going through the motions um I think it was the lack of excitement that was probably the most confusing thing to me yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah like knowing how you're supposed to feel and not being able to feel that and then not being able to understand why yeah that's something I've definitely experienced before
2: exactly exactly because I feel like that's something that probably everybody can relate to, especially with like the highlight reel that you see on social media every day. You know, it's like you're surrounded by people that appear to be feeling this sense of peace or this sense of happiness or this sense of success and accomplishment. And it's like, you can watch it and kind of be the observer and be like, well, I, you know, I don't feel like this, you know, like what, what's wrong with me? You know, like, what did I do? Like, what's what's wrong with me? That's like the, that's probably the one thing that I kept repeating in my head was just like, what is wrong with me? You know?
0: Wow. Oh boy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. And so, well, let's fast forward a little bit because you, you graduate and, and then what happens then? Did you immediately decide that you were not going to, pursue pharmacy work
2: yes I did I did decide not to pursue um, any sort of job in pharmacy I actually had like a dream job offer before I graduated and if I were to have practiced this is what I would have wanted to do it was working one-on-one with patients as soon as the patient left the doctor's office they would come to me and I would be counseling them one-on-one I mean it would it was the dream job right But luckily, you know, a year and a half after this one decision not to quit, I did have the resolve to say, you know what, this is not, this is not it, you know, and I don't know what exactly it is, but I know that this is not it. And so, yeah, I did, um, I did make that decision to not practice, um, and a lot has really shifted, since then, you know, um, I got married 20, 2015 was a big year. I got married actually before pharmacy school. And so I had just recently moved to Dallas and, um, to be with my husband and, um, and so, yeah, I was just with him and I dabbled in looking for jobs, but knew deep down that that's not what I was going to end up doing. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: That's huge. I mean, I just want to take a moment to really honor you for that decision because just as it, just as it was so difficult to quit halfway through school and you ended up not doing that, it was just as difficult, if not more difficult, I feel to be like, all right, now I have this degree and I'm not going to pursue work in this field. Yeah. That's like a really brave thing. Yeah.
2: And... Uh, yeah, I appreciate that acknowledgement for sure, because it was, it was really, really hard because I had this degree. I had the opportunity to, you know, make this amount of money, you know, like that was, that was an opportunity that I could have taken. And instead I chose not to and rely on my husband to provide for me which was a whole different like thing to be able to do. Like that took a lot of work because I've always been the kind of person who wants to pay for my own things and who wants to you know be accomplished like I've always been the overachiever, the perfectionist, you know, the person who takes on the leadership roles. Like I've always been that person, the type A you know, let's go out and get it done personality. And so Mm -hmm. to actually make the decision and then rest in my husband's support was very, very difficult.
1: Yeah. I can imagine that that would have also really had an impact on your relationship. That's a huge shift. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: How did he respond to, to that? How was he kind of reacting to that?
2: Feel like the luckiest girl in the world, really. I totally hmm. lucked out with my husband. <laughs> he is chasing his dreams, like, totally knows what it gets, what it means to be aligned with, like, your intuition, be aligned with what you want to do in the world. And that's what he's doing. So he gets it. He gets it on a very deep level. You know, he hmm. doesn't see the point, like, you get one. this is so cheesy, but it's so true. I mean, you get one shot at this life, right? Mm -hmm. And he does, he can't comprehend, you know, doing something that, you know, deep down you're not supposed to do. And so he was unbelievably, unbelievably supportive and continues to be unbelievably supportive. Um, Mm. yeah, I feel so lucky. I feel so,
1: so lucky.
0: That's amazing. I love that so much.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah, we should all have partners like that. Yeah. No joke.
0: Yeah, it makes a difference. It really Huge does. Huge
1: difference. Yeah, for sure. I asked earlier if you kind of talked to anyone when you were having the decision about whether or not to continue with school. You guys were already married at that point? No. 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 We
2: were we were dating at that point. And he... Um, I talked to him about it as well, but he was he was more indifferent about it at that point, you know, because yeah. it was one of those things where he also believes in following through, like he believes in commitment. He's the kind of person that commits to something and is going to stay committed to it no matter what it takes. And so it was kind of like he was coming from two different ends. Mm -hmm. And at that point he was just saying, you know, if you quit, I get it. Like, I know this isn't your thing, but if you stay, I get it, you know? So he wasn't really influencing me in either way. It was just like, I'm supportive of you do whatever you need to do. Whereas, you know, with my parents, it was just like, it was different, you know, like they clearly like wanted me to go in one direction. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, and so you decide that you're not going to pursue a career in the field that you studied. So then what the heck did you do? <laughs> like what? Great question. What was like your next immediate thing?
2: Yeah. Um, and the answer is nothing.
0: I did <laughs> nothing. Best answer. I know. I know. I was like, I did
2: that. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. Okay, so that's a lie. I did get certified to teach yoga. I did like a month right after graduation. Yoga has been a passion of mine my entire life. Well, not my entire life, but since end of college. So seven years. <laughs> I
1: can just see like toddler Meredith doing <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: yoga. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be my kids one day. The babies <laughs> will be doing yoga with me, but or hopefully we'll see. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I got certified to teach yoga And then right after we finished, or right after I finished my certification, we moved to a new city Hmm. and in Charlotte. So that, you know, I, I don't know if it's kind of like this for you, but as soon as you have a big something on your plate, you can find things to do. Like you can fill up your time, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I just filled up my time with this move and then as As soon as we were finally settled, I started dabbling in different, um, businesses online. Like I, I just started exploring like what I could do to make money online because I knew that I deep down inside, I, I knew my calling, but there was still this thing where I was like scared to actually do it, scared to put myself out there. Right. And so I, once again, I looked for the next thing that was going to keep that hidden sort of. And, um, so that looked like I started designing websites for people. I was looking at a, um, like a sup, not supplements, but like a green supplement, like perhaps going and pursuing like a green supplement company. Um, that looked like just little things like that. I just started exploring different things like that. And then finally last christmas is when i realized this is ridiculous i know that i'm supposed to be doing something else and that's when i hired my coach which is how tyla and i know each other yeah
1: Mm -hmm. um isn't it funny how we'll like we'll try so hard to avoid our purpose and calling in the world you're like i want to do everything, but the thing it's that I know crazy. I'm truly supposed to be. doing. Yes,
2: exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was like, I was just filling up my time, just doing anything, but what I knew I actually needed to do. Like, right. And you're um, like, Oh,
1: well, it's a little bit closer. It's,
2: it's a little it's bit closer, closer to I'm my calling baby steps. Yeah. I'm taking baby steps that mm-hmm. way. Um, but yeah, it, it's amazing. It's amazing how much energy my ego put into, that
0: resistance Mm -hmm. our egos are really they are talented they are really (laughs) talented
2: really really talented they
0: work overtime
2: (laughs) that is the truth
0: oh boy so that that entire time that you were sort of distracting yourself did you how connected did you feel to what your true calling was Not necessarily in terms of, like, what you were doing, but, like, was it a whisper in the back of your mind that was like, this is not it? Or were you just disconnected from that? You just didn't even know.
2: No, there was definitely a whisper. There's always been a whisper. Mm. Um, And it started to get louder and louder and louder as time went on.
0: Mm. What was it saying? Ooh, yeah. What was it saying? So it probably wasn't
2: saying anything, actually. By whisper, what I mean is like, I don't really feel, I don't really hear my intuition as much as I feel it. Mm -hmm. And so there was just this call back to presence, which is what I do now. I teach presence. Mm
0: -hmm. And so there
2: was this call back into the present moment over and over and over again. You know, I was practicing that throughout all of this. And it finally was like, okay, you are, you are here to do something with this, you know, like you are here to be a voice for this. You are not, you know, if I had to put words to it, this is what it was, it was saying, you know, like you are here to do this. You're here to be present and you're here to speak for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what it was saying. If it had words.
0: I, let's do another little honoring. I think it's amazing that you, that you allowed yourself to listen to yourself as quickly as you did. I mean, I know that it feels like it was, it probably felt like a really long time, but I know from my own experience and from other people that I know, it can take I mean, a decade, (laughs) Um, even from, I mean, I, I quit my job, what, three years ago, four years ago, whenever that was three and a half years ago. And it's, it has taken me this long just to even step into what has truly been calling me the entire time. Yeah. And, and I've been on like the personal growth path that entire time and I've been strengthening my intuition and I've been doing all of that, like quote unquote work. And still I kept it was so easy for me to just be like, no, I don't, that's, that's not it. (laughs) That's, that's incorrect. Well, let
2: me, let me ask you this, Sally. Did you, did you know, like three years ago when you quit your job, like, did you know what it was like deep inside that you were being called to do?
0: Um, I think that I did in hindsight, but I did not, I did not, I was not aware of it at the time.
2: It wasn't in your awareness. Yeah. So that's the difference is that it has been in my awareness that I'm supposed to teach this since 2013, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it has been, it has been years, you know? Um, Like, I've been aware of it this entire time. It's just, I'm, I was scared to death to actually do it, you know? Mm -hmm. There was, my ego was just too strong. It had too much of a stronghold on my Mm decision-making to actually do it until very recently.
1: What do you feel was, was it like there was a switch that flipped or like, was there a specific moment? When was it that you were finally like, oh, I'm going to now trust and follow this thing that I've been scared of and I've been resisting for so long? It happened so fast.
2: Um, I was not even planning... I wasn't even planning to do any of this like I wasn't planning to hire anybody as a coach this year I wasn't planning to join a mastermind I wasn't planning to actually do the work that I'm supposed to be doing I was planning on continuing on this building websites for people I had already been building sites for a couple of months and I was making good money doing it and I thought that I would just grow this business and make money and then pursue little passion projects on the side So none of this was like, it wasn't planned. I simply saw a post from Caitlin, our coach, and for some reason I was just called to apply. So I did, I just knew that I needed to apply and I got on the phone with her and I felt like I finally saw a vision for my life that I really wanted to pursue. Like I wanted to take action in pursuing. And so I hired her, I mean, this happened in probably 48 hours. And then before you know it, you know, I'm actually creating a program that I have had in my heart since, like I said, like years and years ago. And that was less than a month and a half later, you know? So it, it all happened so fast. Um I just trusted. I just trusted my intuition for the first time. Like mm-hmm. I just took steps and really scary steps at that. Yeah. In the way that I was being called, and here I am, you know. Um so it, it was almost like it wasn't even Conscious. It wasn't like I said, no, I'm actually going to do that this year. I'm actually going to hire a coach this year, and I'm actually going to get a good group of people that, you know, are on a similar path. And then I'm going to create this program, and then I'm going to start a one-on-one coaching. But, like, I did not plan any of that. It was just like... I, my conscious mind was thinking, okay, I'm just going to build this website building business on the side and then maybe pursue passion projects, maybe teach yoga, maybe teach presence just on the side, but really be supported by this other thing, you know? And so it was just, a, uh, it was crazy. It just happened. I don't know.
1: <laughs> it was wild. It's so interesting. Cause I think that's another thing that a lot of us tend to fall into is just like, yeah, I'm gonna have this thing that totally supports me and then I'm gonna pursue my real passion in my free time. You know, and it's like how much free time do any of us actually really have? And (laughs) Yes. Yeah.
0: Word up. Yeah. Work to big bird as I used to say. Worked I've never heard you say that before. <laughs> that, was, that was pre-Tyla. That's, uh, that used to be my thing. Words to oh Big word.
2: I like <laughs> it. Let's bring it back.
0: I think I might. I think that this moment just uh, really <laughs> made it come back for me.
1: So, Meredith, you joined this mastermind that we're in together. Mm-hmm. And then you built a program and then you, you had people go through it. Tell us a little bit about what that has been like, because I, I know, I know it's scary, you know, just to follow your intuition and to sign up for the mastermind in the first place, let alone within what, like three months, have a program and have people that you are leading through it.
2: Yeah, it was scary. It was really scary. Um, I had a lot of self doubt At first, I had a lot of internal dialogue that was saying, who are you to teach this? Um, There are plenty of other teachers. Um, Yeah, a lot of internal dialogue that was just not very nice. Uh, But at the same time, there was just this sense of peace and confidence in that this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, this is my work in the world and people are going to get out of it what they're supposed to get out of it. Like, I don't have to control that. Right. All I have Mm -hmm. to do is my work. All I have to do is share a message that has completely changed my life. Um, and, it may affect other people in totally different ways, you know? Like, it may not have the same effect on them that it had on me. And that's okay because whatever effect that it's having on them is exactly what it's supposed to be on their individual path, right? And who knows? Maybe my work is preparing them for something else. Like, there's just no way for me to know that or control that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so... Like even through all of that self-doubt, there was just this peace and confidence and that I know my message, you know, there was never, there was never a, a doubt in my mind in how powerful the message is. The only doubts were that, am I supposed to be the one that's supposed to, you know, bring it to the world, you know, like, am I good enough to do that? Um does that make sense? Did yeah, I totally go off on a tangent? I'm like, I'm thinking about what the question was. Yeah,
1: no, it's, um, again, I'm just in awe of you because uh, I think that taking over responsibility for your client's results is, uh, it's so easy to do that. Yeah. Um, and just in speaking to you in such a short time, of trusting yourself and following yourself. You already have such a maturity mm-hmm. about the way that you view your work in the world and that peace and that confidence, which is something that I really see you embody all the time. Um, it's just, it's really stunning. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you so much.
0: Word to Big Bird.
1: Word to <laughs>
2: Big Bird. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It'll be great when I never say that ever again. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: it won't. Life will not be as sweet when you stop saying that.
0: So i I have a question. Um, you know, because we're on a podcast, um, I, I wouldn't have a question. I don't know why. Because we are
1: interviewing that. you.
0: <laughs> I don't know why I felt the need to preface that. Um, so in your day to day, I'm wondering. Um. If, how much that like kind of who do you think you areness is present because I you've brought it up a couple of times now already of that being one of your you know I th- I guess growth opportunities one of the triggers yeah. that you you know m- are met with um and so I'm wondering how how that has evolved and is it still exactly the same as it was when you first set out on this path or has it changed and yeah I'd love to hear more about that
2: So for me, that comes up every single time I'm about to up level, like every single time I'm about to step up to the next big thing that comes up, like even like, this is the first time I've ever been on a podcast. So today Mm -hmm. it's like, do you really have anything to share? Is your story really that good? You know, Mm -hmm. like, that's just, that's what the first thing that's, that's the first thing that just comes up for me every single time. It's all, it's just laughable. It's so predictable. And mm-hmm. the way that I see it is just that, like, I, tr- I take it very lightheartedly now. It's just like a sign that I'm doing something right. Like yeah. if I, if that didn't come up for me, I would be scared. Like I'm totally settling and I'm totally taking an easy route. If that didn't come up for me, I think that everybody has their own you know, thing that comes up every time, or maybe mm-hmm. it's a different thing for everybody. I, I don't know, but for me, that's what comes up. And that's okay with me. It's just a good sign. you know, like I don't take it personally. It's just my ego. like it's my ego. It's the silly little thing that was conditioned to believe that I'm not good enough. Like mm-hmm. for some reason, whatever it was within my, you know, upbringing it. And it blows my mind, honestly, because I had such a supportive family, but somehow I ended up with this core belief within my ego that I'm not good enough. And so mm. I know deep in my bones that that is not the truth. Like, I know the truth is that I am good enough. I am worthy. I and I do have something to share. Like, I know that, um, And so, like I said, yeah, the, it's just like a, it's something that I kind of look at and embrace almost like, thank you, you know, like, thank you for giving me the sign that I'm doing something right.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm getting, um, I really want to ask you something and I'm not sure that I know how to frame it (laughs) coherently. So I'm going to try and we'll see if my question makes any sense. Um, but I want to know. A little bit more about how that feeling of "I'm not good enough" might be tied to that emotion of feeling ashamed that you were feeling a year ago today.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. That's so good,
0: Tyler. <laughs> That's
2: so good. There you go. Bring it back. Um, yes, for sure. It absolutely is tied and. That's probably been my biggest realization since graduation is that my ego, the voice in my head is going, like, the it's going to change as I evolve, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so during pharmacy school, it may have said, you know, you got see on that test. Oh, my gosh. Like, will you ever be able to get a job? You know. After I decided that I wanted to quit but didn't, my ego changed. Like, the voice changed and said, oh, my gosh, you have zero courage. You don't have any conviction in what you actually believe and how you actually want to be in the world, you know? And then today it's like, oh, my gosh, you ate Chick-fil-A for lunch. You totally suck, you know? Like, it's it's just like a total – like, it just changes. But the essence of what it's saying is – you suck, you're not good enough, right? Mm-hmm. And it just totally, it'll totally shift as you evolve. So if you're, you know, you get into the spiritual community and, you know, you see people who are so down on themselves for feeling anxious or tired or, you know, not... um totally aligned or not doing their morning routine or not doing this or not doing that. And the thing is, is that's still just the ego? Like it may sound like it's something that has your back because it wants you to do your morning routine so that you actually have the spiritual growth that you're supposed to have. But really, it's just your ego. It's still your ego just saying, hey, you suck. You didn't do your morning routine, (laughs) you know, (laughs) all of it is just the ego. And so that has been. Such a huge realization that I finally, like, I probably knew that intellectually back during graduation, but I feel like I really get it in my bones now. Like, I just get it. Like, it's just my ego. No matter what it's trying to say to me, it's just, it's still my ego. It may sound like it has my back, but it, it's, it doesn't, you know, Mm -hmm. it's still trying to create a sense of separation and it's still trying to make me feel like I'm not good enough.
1: Yeah. So maybe it's a little easier now to not slip into that space of shame because you're finally able to make that distinction.
0: Mm.
2: No doubt. So much easier, so much easier. And that's not to say that I don't sometimes experience it now, you know, but I don't try to stifle it, you know, like there's still shame from like things in my past and there's still shame from things that I even anticipate. Like I think about, you know, what if this, you know, I'm, what if this podcast goes terrible? Like, this is just an example. Like what if this podcast goes terrible and everybody hates me? You know, like there's like a sense of shame. Like there's like a sense of shame there. Like, but there's no resistance. Like I try to feel it as energy in my body and allow it to pass through rather than be like, Oh my gosh, what is this? Why do I still feel this? This shouldn't be something that I'm experiencing. I should be past this. I should have evolved through this by now. Mm -hmm. Like I'm better than this. I'm teaching people how to not be anxious. You know, like it's, it's one of those things where you can either get caught up in the ego or you can feel the sensation around the emotion and move through it. Right. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And so, yeah, there's, there's, I don't want to sound like I don't still feel shame because I do like that's still, that's a human emotion. Like that's something Mm -hmm. that most people are very familiar with, but it's something that you don't have to judge. Well, I should have said, and, and it's something that you don't have to judge as bad, you know, like it's, it's okay to feel that emotion. It's just a human emotion. As long as we can separate ourselves from the experience and witness it as sensation in the body, instead of telling a story around it, instead of trying to create a whole mental
1: drama around it, life becomes so much easier. You're making me want to sign up for your program. I know. I'm like, (laughs) Like I I want all Meredith all the time. Preach. (laughs) Well, I
2: feel like it's been the only reason why I can even talk about it now is because it has, I have been through the fire, you know, like I just mm-hmm. get it. Like I have been there in the shame and I get mm-hmm. what it's like to like tell all the mental stories, you know, and yeah. it's just exhausting and it hurts. And it's, it just creates a sense of suffering that's just so unnecessary.
0: So mm-hmm. unnecessary. Yeah. I'm with you there.
1: And. Um- you know, I think we all believe that we experience exactly what it is we require to experience. And mm-hmm. I want to know what you feel like you required in that moment where you didn't follow your knowing and quit pharmacy school. I, I want to know what you think you were requiring to experience or to learn. Another really good question.
0: Yeah. You're killing it, Tyler. <laughs> Thank
1: you. <laughs> y'all both are killing it. Both of y'all are,
2: co- are coming out with really good questions. I required space during that time. Mm. So pharmacy school, actually, I required two things. I did a distance program for pharmacy school. So that meant that I did all of my classes online. There was a campus class and there was a distance class. And the campus students went to class and the distance students um, were given a recording and access to, you know, all the professors after, afterwards. So I did this distance program. That was actually, I did it because of um, my husband now. He was traveling all over the place for his work and I didn't want to, commit to living in one city for four years because he moved four times in those four years. So I wanted to be able Mm. to move with him, um, or at least go visit him for extended periods of time. So I did this distance program and I think the only way that I could have ever experienced this sense of, hmm, how do I want to phrase it? I I talked about tapping into my intuition at the beginning of the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. And part of that was experiencing this peace, right? Experiencing the peace of the present moment. Like I just, Mm -hmm. the only way that I could have ever experienced that peace is if I would have had, is if I had all of this time and all of this space during this program. So I had Mm -hmm. hours and hours and hours alone all the time and there wasn't the incessant bombarding of, like, other people's agendas on me. For four years, I well, for three years I had this. I didn't have people around me who were concerned about grades, who were concerned about the leadership position, who were concerned about residencies and their resumes and the whatever and this and that. You know, I didn't have all of that. And so when you don't have other people's agendas, you can finally tap into who you are underneath it. You know, like who are you underneath the identity that you've kind of built up for everybody around you? Mm-hmm. And pharmacy school gave me that, you know, pharmacy school gave me that space. Now, your question was not about pharmacy school in general. It was that experience after I kept going to school. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So that's where the second thing, um, that's where the second thing comes in, and that was actually practicing all of this in the real world. So your last year of school, you do rotations, and so I worked in eight different practice settings, doing eight different kinds of jobs, and um, you know I was working from you know five a.m. to three p.m. some days, and I was working you know, just a nine to five. Some days I was working in office settings. I was working in the hospital. I was working in a pharmacy. Um, so I had all of these different experiences where I really had to practice what I preached with other people, like out in the real world, you know? Mm -hmm. And so by preaching, I wasn't actually preaching and I was preaching it to myself for three years, but (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, I needed that experience. I really did. Because if I would have quit school, I, I don't know what I would have done. I mean, I probably would be doing, I probably would have eventually attempted what I'm doing now, but I really wouldn't have had the experience of what it's like to do this Mm -hmm. out there, you know? And
0: it's so easy
1: to be like present when you're by yourself in your own little space, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, totally. But like then go out into the real world and it's just like, ah, yes, Mm -hmm. yes,
2: totally. So, yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what I think I needed to have. I needed to have that experience so that I could relate to what people are going through and so that I could teach it in a way that people who actually are living in the world, not, you know, like a hermit crab by themselves, you know, all day, (laughs) every day, in a way that they could understand, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. I love how that shows something that I'm constantly, I guess, preaching or and relearning and reminding myself of just that there, any decision you make is always the right decision. I think people get really stuck on making the right decision even when they or maybe even especially when they start following their intuition in those moments when you're like, oh, my gut really told me to do this thing and I didn't do it and oh my God, how awful am I? Um, but even in that moment when you were like everything told you to quit and then you still decided to stay and you not, you're you able to see of course how that still served you um, I just love how that's such a beautiful example of that
2: mm, no doubt that's so good it reminds me of something that I think it's Tara Moore Tara Moore I think she talks about this in her book Playing Big mm. and she talks about how you can't miss your calling. Like, it's not something (laughs) that you can just miss. Like you have a calling in each and every moment and you can either step towards it or you can step away from it. And if you don't step towards it, you still have the next moment where you can step towards it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, you're so right. Like it wasn't the wrong decision. I stepped away from it, but here I am, you know, and it's exactly mm-hmm. what was supposed to happen because it happened, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like it's always exactly, it's always supposed to be exactly how it is.
0: Hmm. I love
2: it. I do too. Me
0: too. <laughs> oh boy. Um so if you could go back to a year ago today and talk to yourself and say something to yourself knowing what you know now, what would it be? What would you say?
2: I would say first that I'm so, so proud of her.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I would tell her that I'm very, very proud of her and that she is on her path and she may not understand it, but she's on her path and that she too is going to be very proud of herself one day.
1: Mm. Oh boy, you just gave me
2: chills. (laughs) Yeah, this is where I'm going to get teary. Um, (laughs) And then I would probably... I would probably call out her ego as it is because I think that that may give her just a teeny bit of relief because at that point she just didn't have the awareness to see that it was just her ego, you know, and I think Mm -hmm. I would say, love, this is just your ego, you know, Mm -hmm. she's saying something different this time, but it's just your ego and that it's okay. And just be here with your family, your sweet family. Be here with all of your friends. Yeah.
1: Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling emotional (laughs) over
0: here. Oh, I love that. It's beautiful.
1: So, Meredith, if you had to now describe in one word how you feel looking back at a year ago today what word would you choose i I have to say
2: proud i have to say proud Mm. i know i've already told her that i'm proud
1: of her but that really does just capture exactly how i feel yeah i think when you're proud of someone or when you're proud of yourself that is not something that you can possibly say too much
2: yeah Mm. totally totally (sighs)
0: <sighs> well thank you meredith this has been amazing
1: it has yeah. been amazing you thank you so stars. much for coming on
0: mm-hmm. for being so open
2: thank you so much for having me this was so much
0: fun i know you should so come good. back all the time
2: <laughs> all <laughs> meredith all the time i just now i just need to come up with like what happened on that Tuesday? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, exactly. You'll start flooding our inbox. Oh, and then that one time I switched to decaf. <laughs> or
1: that time I was going to go to Chick-fil-A and then I didn't. <laughs> that,
2: I don't know if there ever has been that time, to be quite honest. Yeah, let's
1: that's, that's not go crazy. That's a little bit yeah, That's way too
2: evolved for me. <laughs>
1: oh boy all right so meredith if any of our listeners would like to find you on the internet where where would they look
2: they would look at my website which is hopefully going to be launched by the time this airs (laughs) uh that is meredith com. m-c-e-l-r-o-y And then I am on all of the social medias at Mare McElroy, M-E-R-E, M-C-E-L-R-O-Y. Amazing. Hooray. Yeah.
1: Everybody go find Meredith. Yeah. Yes.
0: (laughs) Sally, where can the people find you online? The people can find me at Sally Simply on pretty much every social media outlet and on sallymercedes.com or unmutedexpression.com. Those are my online homes at the moment. Yay!
1: Yay! Yay. I'm, and I'm, I'm at fowler.com And let's see. I'm on Facebook, Tyla Fowler. I'm on Twitter, Tyla M Fowler. I don't really use that, but maybe I'll start using Twitter again. Hmm we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. I, don't know. I don't know. I just said that out loud without thinking about it. I don't really know how I feel about it,
2: but yeah, I haven't used Twitter in about a year and a half. So if you start, I might have to start.
1: Oh this boy. This is going to be great. <laughs> so pretty soon you can find all of us on Twitter.
0: <laughs> you know who you, Who else you can find on Twitter is, or I don't know if this is true. No, I think it's true. Zena Hal, who is our lovely intro and outro music. Ooh. It's from Zena Hell Z-Y-N-A-H-E-L on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. I'm pretty sure I didn't make up that she's on Twitter. I <laughs> think you could find her there. (laughs) If not, I'll let her know that I've been plugging it. (laughs) Maybe she can just make a Twitter. Exactly. Uh, So thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, If you love what you hear, you can subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen to this right now. And uh, what else can they do? That's what they can do.
1: What we'd really love is if you'd share this podcast with someone else who you think might enjoy it. Yeah, maybe your bestie.
0: Maybe your bestie. I'm just going to keep saying that it's, that they should share it with their bestie. I mean, I, I feel like it's fitting. They're
1: like texting their bestie every week. They're
0: like, Have you listened to it yet? And their bestie's exactly. like, No, leave me alone. That's how you and I are. <laughs> <laughs> Did you listen to the new iBurn Everything? You yeah. didn't?
1: that's <laughs> a quick little plug. I love that podcast. So if you're looking for another great podcast, I burn Everything is totally my choice.
0: Oh, boy. I mean, that's what you can tweet about. You can just start tweeting about all the podcasts that you love. All
1: right. We're really getting off track here. Okay. I know. I'm
0: sorry, guys. All
1: right. Thank you, love everybody, it. for listening. Thank you, Meredith. Thank you, Sally. Thank you all. Thank Bye. You. Peace out.
0: Bye.